Welcome to Soul Inspired Leadership's latest podcast. And today, um, our guest is Warwick Fairfax, who is our guest on our previous uh, show. And it's really a continuation because this is a uh, interesting story of Warwick's, and then which we spoke about. So you'll have to listen to the first podcast, the previous podcast, to get the story. Uh, it's now moving on to uh, where we finished off really with being authentic and true to yourself and not living someone else's life, family, other family influences, whatever, whatever influencing you to, to be what you are, the key is to be what you want to be from within. And that's the authentic leadership. And that really makes better leaders. There's a lot of talk about it now, being uh, having authentic leadership and hence the name of this show, Soul Inspired, which is really leading from within to lead out. So this is the journey you're now on, uh, Warwick. How do you see this um, with people playing out with people who who are struggling and who are struggling and stuck in a bit of a bind as to where they are, as to where and, and to where they starting to realise where they need to be or want to be? I think very often, and certainly in the corporate world, we have an idea that as a CEO or a senior leader, you've got to be a certain way. You know, take charge, no nonsense, uh, yeah, yeah. confident. Know everything. Know everything, you know, everything. Uh, know everything, <laughs> you know appropriately dressed, uh, no hair out of place, just, yeah. you know, the plastic smile, all, all, all you know, um, shake yeah. everybody's hand and at least, you know, pretend to know everybody's name. And if, and if you don't, make sure your assistant knows the spouses of all your key yeah. folks and yeah. birthdays <laughs> and can remind you so that you can at least at least have the appearance of being thoughtful. I mean, this stuff does, does happen. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, it does. So um, I think part of authenticity, a huge part is it's very scary to be yourself, to throw off the plastic masks that you see in you know, politicians and some senior business leaders. Because if somebody doesn't like the mask you put on, well, that's okay. But if you show them the real you and they reject you, Oh, that's so much worse yeah, because they're rejecting yeah. your inner soul. And so yeah. most people keep their inner soul, the inner cells bottled up, you know, in a vault somewhere that nobody yeah. can see. And that doesn't serve, doesn't serve you. It's funny. Um, one of the folks we chatted to recently in our podcast, Beyond the Crucible, was a guy, Chris Tuff, and he, you know, youngish guy, maybe I think he's just turned 40, which as the years go by. <laughs> that's young. young. <laughs> but anyway, he wrote this book, The Millennial Whisperer, and basically his thesis is that millennials, which is, you know, 20s, early 30s, basically it's, it's the young up-and-coming executives that are yeah. working for a lot of senior folks, the people that don't want to lose, the next generation. Yeah, yeah. And what do they want? They want authenticity. They want transparency. They want vulnerability. They don't want, they want, they don't want the plastic smiles. Mm. They want you to actually want a relationship with them enough to know the names of their, you know, spouses and what they like to do for fun on the weekend. I mean, they're craving authenticity. So there's a, a huge amount of pressure from, you know, the young up and coming employees for authenticity. So, you know, it's a lot of, it's, it's one of the reasons why people keep talking about it. So, and the ironic thing is if you're authentic, all things being equal, you will probably be more, more effective and maybe more successful. Yeah, that's right. Because 
you know, think of it this way. Would you want to work with some plastic person? Or would you want to work with somebody that's really themselves? You know, senior leaders, they can be extrovert. They can be introvert. They can be studious and intellectual. They can be, you know, not th that way at all. Just more kind of, you know, love sports or whatever. It, it takes all kind. Leaders can be in all shapes and sizes, all backgrounds, right. all personalities. That's right, yeah. But, you know, just, just be who you are because people are more likely to follow you because wouldn't you want to work with somebody authentic, you know, just be the kind of boss you'd like to work for. So yeah, I, I agree with that. It, it, it takes yeah. courage. And it, it does take courage. It's that, that, that brave leadership aspect. One of the things it does as well, to me, when you, when you're leading from your headspace, as I say, it's all about the influences around you uh, and reacting to it. It makes, it tends to make you more volatile and, and unpredictable. When you're leading from within, there's only one, you've only one soul and that provides you the consistency and balance because it doesn't change. It's your head that changes things based on what's going on at the time and who you need to please the most here. So that, that leads to inconsistency of leadership. And one of the things that people hate, as you said, authenticity, is the inconsistency of leaders. Do I walk on eggshells today or, or am I going to get a pat on the back? What, what hap what's happening? And the volatility, but authenticity, that's why they're craving for it, because it creates consistency, it creates balance in leadership. And I think that's one of the key, key uh, attributes of an authentic leader. Yeah, and that's, that's so true, because when you're somebody that's uh, almost market-focused in the sense that what does the market want? What are the customers, suppliers, shareholders? And maybe they want different things. So it's like, like an actor. Okay, great. Yeah. I can put on calm, reassuring, thoughtful, or I can be Mr. Fun or, you know, Mr. Yeah. You know, I can be angry. I can be, so you wear different masks. You almost get to be like a chameleon. You get used to it. And you're right. It does create instability. And then at a certain point, you don't even know who you are. Mm. You just, you know, which mask am I? Well, you're none of them, but it's like you get lost in, in the people-pleasing masks, which um, it does cause, I hadn't thought about it the way you've said it before, but mm. it does cause instability. I mean, yeah. you're right. So forget, forget all those masks, because you're going to lose track of which one to use at which time. And, you know, it's just confusing. Just, just be who you are. And, you know, it's a lot easier. It is, and like I was, as you're saying that about masks, I, I remember I can't think of a person's name now, but it was this the the, the thinking hats. You, you had your coloured hats, right? Oh, this is I'm an, I'm in, fine, in finance at the moment. I can put my red hat on or whatever it is, right? And the trouble is when you do that, and that's fine. But when you do it, some people actually think, well, now I've got to act like a financier, and but behave in their perceived notion of what a financier does, right? So therefore that gives the consistency because now I'm doing my people hat. So therefore I've got to act in a way that I should be acting to be, so, uh, to be a people person. The key is you can have those hats, but in the outward expression or the outward, outward energy is I'm a financier at the moment, but in doing that, I still stay true to my inner self. So that's the anchor that keeps me being consistent because I'm taking that little hat, my finance, all my people, but I'm still aspiring and, and aligning to my values and my inner self. I don't delete that or put it on hold and just act like what I think an accountant should act like or 
a, a lawyer exactly. should act like, whatever it is, right? Yeah, when you start compromising your soul in a values, bad things happen. I mean, whether it's, you know, years ago, Enron, you know, going bust, it's like you're tempted to cut corners. You know, the whole yeah, yeah. Um, adage about a lobster boiling, it doesn't realize it's kind of boiling alive because it happens slowly. Mm. And, you know, rarely will somebody do something illegal or grossly unethical, step one. It's just, well, it's just, a, it's just, it's a little thing. I mean, I'm just fudging the books a little bit. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's not that big a deal. Well, a little yeah. bit by a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, you're so focused on pleasing other people and the masks that, you know, just being authentic saying, okay, I'm just going to be straight up with my employees, with my bankers, here's where we are. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be true to my values. Your employees will respect that. Your bankers will actually begin to trust you. So yeah, when that's you, say, right. you know, this is what's happening, they'll believe you. And maybe when you say actually things are doing well, they actually might they'll believe, actually believe you. <laughs> rather than saying, oh, I've heard, heard that one before. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it makes business sense. People want to deal with people they can trust. And you can't trust a chameleon. You can't trust an inauthentic person. Yeah, yeah. So trust is really almost the, the currency of business. If you don't have trust, you can't deal with bankers, customers, supplies, employees, shareholders. You can't really deal well with any of those. So you want trust. You've got to be authentic. You want to be authentic. You've got to anchor that in your inner soul, your inner beliefs and values. Yeah, because and trust is formed on, on, on people walking their talk and the consistency right. that that gives. So if, if you're bending and, bending and weaving to fit the breeze, whatever the breeze is, People don't trust you because they don't know what, who's who are they who are they talking to today. What where's the breeze? Uh, what's influencing you today to behave the way you're going to be behaving? So I can't trust it. I never know what it's going to be. The consistency they trust because they know, they know you walk your talk because you it's coming from within. And and that's really key. I mean, it's um, kind of. You know, one of the things I talk a bit about is faith and character, faith in, in the broad spiritual yeah. beliefs and values. And character to me is actually living out your internal values and beliefs. So if you say you're humble or you believe in integrity, well, are you? You know, do you do what you say? You know, um, so that's really, you know, it's one thing to say your values and beliefs, but the way other people uh, know them is to the degree that you live them out. You know, if you don't, then I guess yeah. maybe they weren't your values and beliefs. Maybe you need to do a bit of soul search. Yeah, that, that might have been someone else's value, but you read it in a book. The list of yeah, 10 yeah, things exactly. you need to do to have, to be, you know, to be authentic. Yeah. yeah, if you really believe in something, uh, you know, that's how you can know if it's a belief. If you yeah. live it out, then it must be a belief. If it's not, that's, it's, yeah. so that, that's really, if the, one of the worst things, it's almost like I remember I uh, had an internship in advertising many years ago. It was in Sydney before I went to college, the, what used to be J. Walter Thompson, which is probably about five advertising agency mergers ago. Yeah. Uh, it used to be pretty <laughs> big in the yeah. 70s and 80s and before. But one of the things you learn in advertising is one of the worst things you can do is advertise a bad product. The customers hate that. And they will be angry and bitter and never buy it again. So it's much better not to do any advertising at all. Maybe do bad advertising of a bad yeah. product, but not good. Yeah. And so, you know, as, as a person, um, you say you have these beliefs and you don't live them. 
to your team, oh my gosh, you were people will really get angry and bitter about that. So, you yeah. know, you, you better live what you say you believe. Otherwise, yeah. you'll be you'll lose everybody. Yeah, yeah. It, like you earn trust by walking your talk and being consistent. You can't demand trust. It's it just doesn't exactly. happen. Yeah. No, and increasingly. This is in the 1950s, you know, sort of command and control kind of economy or businesses. Um, people increasingly have choices. The ones you don't, you most don't want to lose are the ones who have the most flexibility, the most options. Yeah. If they don't like how you're treating them, they'll make more money across the street in a heartbeat. That's you right. Know? And that's right. It's like I always say, leaders uh, get the employees they deserve. It's like indeed. If, if you're really good at leading, the good people are you, you attract the good people, and when you get them, they stick. The bad ones go in, in the essence, they leave because you're putting you're holding them accountable in a, in a constructive way. But and you're developing the, the people who want to be developed, and the people who want to, want to be under the radar feel a bit exposed, but are not so good leader. They all the good people leave, as you said. Why? Because they can get another job, right? They, they, they don't have a problem. Then you're left with the people who can't get another job, who find it difficult. So you're left with a team of people who want to be under the radar. So it's like it's self-fulfilling. Oh, you I get know. what you deserve. It's just, it always plans out over a period of time. Absolutely. Well said. <laughs> so it's, it's like, and, <laughs> and to me, it's taking on a role as a leader. It's a moral obligation to me, first and foremost, is to get the best out of your people. Not to look necessarily the you butte flashy leader and aren't I good, it's I'm here to get the best out of my people and whatever I need to do to get the best out of them. And that's so true. And while I, like you, respect everybody's right to have whatever values they want, there are certain values that have been market tested to be more effective, both in growing a business and being financially successful in the long run. Like I remember a popular book by um, Jim Collins, Good to Great. And the leaders in there were basically, um, they were driven, but yet they were humble. They were people yeah. nobody often ever heard of. So, you know, the values that tend to attract people are, yes, integrity, humility, authenticity, uh, this, this sense of caring for others, what's co often called these days servant leadership. There are certain values that you, you don't have to have, but in terms of being successful it's, and people wanting to work for you, you might say, well, my values are pride, arrogance, it's all about me, money, you know, if I can tread on people, I find that fun. That could be your values and you'll have every right to have them. Uh, you just probably won't be successful. And you'll that's right. Yeah. So, you know, so it's, not all values are equal in the sense of uh, some, some will attract people and some will not attract people. That's right. Because it, uh, you mentioned there before about changing times and it, and it really is. I mean, when I started work, I can still hear my parents saying, because I started in a bank, is that get a job there, like, like get a job in the government or somewhere because yeah. you, you've got a job for life, son. You'll be right. Right. Now, how, how much has that changed, particularly with banks? No. But it, but you got a job for life. In other words, be thankful for you because you got a job. Because they grew up in the depression, so to get a job, you just stick at it. So it, it meant that leaders could be the, the the biggest arrogant walking walking example of arrogance because it didn't matter. People were just happy to have a job. 
they, they weren't very effective. Right. They weren't very effective, but they had a job. And but now the generations have moved on and says, well, no, that it's a changing environment all the time. We don't want a job for life. Well, we want to get the most yeah. out of what we can get out of. It's like a win-win. Young people want to be fulfilled. They want to enjoy what yeah. they do. That's right. They want to like where they work. I mean, that's that is the era that we're in, which I personally think is a good thing. I mean, everybody should enjoy what they're doing. But yeah, you, you can't get away with the 1950s style hierarchical um, economy where you can just tell people what to do. And when you say jump, they say how high. And, yeah, that's right. Know, it just, we don't live in that era. I don't know if it was ever that effective, but people didn't have as many choices. But they uh, do now. Because yeah, it wasn't that effective then and it isn't now. Um, but people put up with it. That's the only difference. Right. But, because they felt know, like, what, what choice do I have? Yeah. yeah, so if you go and blast out at someone and then stand back, go walk back in the office and think, well, I've got that off my chest. I, I feel better now. Meanwhile, you're paying an employee sitting at a desk somewhere who's not working. They're just mumbling to themselves, saying what a so-and-so you are. So they're not working. <laughs> right. You're paying someone. Who's the idiot? You're the one who's paying someone to do nothing now because they can't. They're mentally, they're mentally zapped. Right. Right. And so you, but by... Your uh, thirty seconds or a couple minutes of uh, yeah. ranting and, and raving, you, you maybe you feel better momentarily, but you've caused an and employee to not be effective. I mean, you've really, you know, shot yourself in the foot. It's just, um, yeah, self-control is another quality that's, that's it's all a, too lacking. And it's not just that. It's, <laughs> it's it's, one of the adages that people just do not follow is. If you want to say something nice about some somebody, by all means, put it in an email. If yeah. you're really angry at somebody, never ever put it on paper. Never yeah. ever send an email, because that lives forever. That's right. You know, just connect just like, and talk. Yeah. Calm connect. down. Take a walk. You know, meditate, pray, whatever it takes. And then, if you want yeah. to give somebody some feedback, do it when you're calm. That's the right. The worst possible thing you can do is when you're really angry. You just have some doesn't matter whether you're justified or not, just have some self-control, take a breath. Uh, you know, there's another, I don't know if it's a value, but it's certainly another attribute, a characteristic that's pretty key to good leadership is self-control. Self-control, and that's right. And uh, like you mentioned before too, or previous shows, taking time to reflect, but it's just yes. taking time out to just to take the emotion out of things and get back into that sort of calm, state of calm. Yeah. And all good yeah. leaders are quite they calm. They do that. Yeah. You, you never make good decisions when you're really angry or fearful or emotional. It's, it's never good, you know. Just take a breath, maybe, you know, chat to some advisors, coach, family members, mentors, depending on your yeah. support system, get their perspective. I often find if, if all of them say, well, you know what, um, I don't know that this is a, there's a bigger picture that you're missing. They could all be wrong. Uh, but if there yes. are people that really know you and maybe you've known them for 10, 20 years, they're probably not all wrong. You yeah, know? that's right. They're probably right. You might want to listen before you start making some rash decisions. And as somebody that's made rash decisions, I obviously <laughs> understand the concept. <laughs> well, and that's, and, and that, like, you hear it all the time, you see it all the time. The best way to learn and gain experience is usually from an adversity, from a yeah. challenge. It's debriefing it from that. The bigger the challenge, the, the harder the debrief. <laughs> absolutely. It provides the opportunity to learn. Sadly, history does tend to repeat itself. 
but you have you, you have that choice to learn or not learn and that's and that's it if history if history keeps repeating itself it means you haven't learned you haven't no. learned anything you haven't learned from it yet it'll keep coming until you actually learn from it and then you've dealt with it and then you move on and other things might challenge you but if the same thing keeps coming and you haven't taken much notice <laughs> well and sadly that's more than norm we tend to when bad things happen sometimes it really isn't our fault yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it is and so often it's like well you know that was their fault it wasn't mm. me i mean it was all it was everybody else's fault that let me down i got fired because my boss was awful or the market went down or customers are unreasonable i mean customers are always unreasonable you know to the to the That's person right, yeah. not doing yeah. well or <laughs> whining or whinging so to speak which is, i have to always explain that in america uh, whinging is. it's yeah. worse than whining worse than whining yeah but it's so easy to blame everybody else rather than how about looking in the mirror and taking some responsibility because yeah, if you that's, don't that's right you will yeah. keep making the same mistake you keep them like see it's because yeah, yeah. it's your attitude towards so this you're right there's things you can't control like a stock market but it's your attitude towards that event and how then best you come out of it um is the learning because that's what you can control and just in this this environment particularly we've had this year it's you can't blame the environment. Well, you, the environment's there. That's the situation. But what you can, you can only deal with what you can control. And what you can control is your attitude towards these things. And that having that's, that positive that, mindset that's so and that proactiveness. It's one, the, yeah. it's one of the things we find in crucible leadership is you can't sometimes you can't control what happens. Like you know, Navy SEAL gets paralyzed yeah. in a training accident, for instance. We had one interview. Well, you can't control that, but. And it's, this is easier said than done, obviously. Yeah, I'm just yeah about it's very extreme, true. Yeah. Extreme example. But in this particular case, this fellow who lives in Southern California, San Diego, it took him a long while to kind of bounce back in terms of his emotional and spiritual uh, side. He ended up uh, being in charge of a, a vet's clinic where they had some of the latest technology, latest engineering to help vets get as much movement as possible. So hmm. there was some purpose to that, but it's <clears throat> changing your attitude and amid setback is tough. And of course it could be COVID, the economic tough times we're going through just rather than complaining, it says, okay, this is bad, but okay, what can I do? What, what, what positive thing can I do today? What's one positive step? Just having, just shifting your mindset rather than complaining, saying, okay, yeah. What can I do? How can I bring people together? You know, it's not, it's easier said than done, but you can control your thinking and your attitude and your spirit. That's right. That's right. And on that note, um, we've, we're out, for, out of time now, Warwick. It's been, look, <laughs> it's been great to chat with you over the last two shows and maybe we'll have you on again one day. I think your book's out next year, next. It is, uh, yes, Crucible Leadership, it will be. And, um, that talks about my story and some of the principles we've been talking about, some mm. key aspects of leadership and stories and parables from history, uh, you know, inspirational folks and my family and I often think parables uh, and stories are a great way to learn. So they are, they are, they are very true. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks again. And thanks for listening to everyone out there for listening to the, in today's podcast and the last, hopefully the last two podcasts. So you get the big picture and the story of Warwick Fairfax. Thank you, Warwick. Oh, thanks a lot, Ross. Great to be here.